When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dave, uh, can I tell you a little bit of something about persistence? I would love to hear okay. about persistence. Okay, so let me tell you a little, little quick story. Uh, I want to get, obviously, to the show. We've got a big show ahead of us. Uh, I had a pest in my backyard, uh, and it was a raccoon. It was getting into my garbage and everything like that. It, uh, so I finally, uh, I, had a, I had a cage for it that could trap it, a, a you know, pest trap. Um, mm-hmm. So one night I put it out, I caught it. So it was like 10.30 at night. I was like, all right, cool. I'll, uh, I'll bring it in the morning, free it in the woods somewhere else, and uh, that'll be it. Woke up the next morning, it was gone. Got out of the cage. A uh-huh. uh, <laughs> couple days later, caught it in the middle of the day. I pick it up, start taking it out it escapes as i'm taking it to like the garage you know to make sure it doesn't get out like to son of a bitch. It against, yes son of a bitch <laughs> uh and then uh third time uh i caught an opossum couldn't i couldn't do anything with that let it go um and then finally i gave up for a while and then many many weeks later i finally caught the raccoon just well i decided to catch the raccoon got it and the the people from the county picked it up for me actually, and it was over. And that's wow. very similar uh, <laughs> wow. persistence. I bring that up because we uh, our next because we've caught a neighborhood pest. Finally, I, I wouldn't say that. I I, uh, I, I want to say go. persistence because our next guest, our guest today. I feel like I showed a lot of persistence in in grabbing him and in, in, in getting him. Uh, so can we get out of the cage? <laughs> I'm sorry to my uh, guest, who I'm going to introduce in just a second. Uh, you know, comparing him to a raccoon or a pest, but you know, obviously just busting chops here. Uh, and he has a perfect uh, title on his Twitter page. I'm just going to read off that. Today we have. Host, critic, writer, producer, CEO of the Outlaw Nation, uh, voiceover artist uh, at HCA, critics member, host of the Top Ten, the Cinephiles, the Geek Buddies, Schmo Down Champion. We have Mr. John Roca on the show, finally. And uh, John, <laughs> welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Ben, for having me on. Um, I think you got the story wrong. It was you that was the pest in my Twitter feed, constantly going, when am I going to get you on my show? And, uh, uh, you know, me being unable with the scheduling issues to figure out a time until finally, you, uh, you know. That's uh, fair. You so caught me. The analogy uh, still works. I you caught know? you. Uh, who's the possum in this Yeah, uh, that's true. Story. That's a good question. That must be you, the title of this episode. Who's the possum? Who's the possum? <laughs> but obviously, you know, just busted chops, busted chops mm. here. It's gl- great to have you on. Uh, you know, obviously, as I said, you know, you're on uh, numerous podcasts, everything like that, voiceover yeah. artists. Uh, 
I mean, I know you're very uh, uh, proud of the Schmodown. I see the belt behind you. You're still uh, yeah, reigning nice. team team champion. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Me and Dan Merle, the founding father, still team champion. <laughs> uh, champ, still teams champions. Uh, I think because, of course, the coronavirus kind of helps us keep our belt because we haven't been able to uh, defend it against corruption. That's our next uh, defense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice. Kalinowski and Chance all over again. But, yeah, we are currently the team champions for now. Uh, and Dan is the singles champion, and I'm waiting. If I get a chance, if I beat uh, Ethan Irwin next, I will have a shot at maybe dethroning Dan one more time. Oh, so, man. So I, I see what's going on here when you're on Twitter and people are you know, arguing about maybe should California lift the lockdown. John's on there saying we need to keep this thing going as long as possible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I Once everybody's rush, come on. <laughs> well, that's how uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they became a uh, uh, defending Stanley Cup champions two years in a row because there was a lockdown. They won in 04, and then, then there was an NHL lockdown 0405. So technically, they were two years defending champions. So there you go. You know, that's uh, yeah. that that could be your situation here. So, technically, don't Christian, he'll lose his mind. Yeah, <laughs> John, I do want to say I'm a huge, huge Cinephiles fan. I, I oh, would thank you. I would say I've listened to maybe 80% of everything you guys have put out and uh it's been just it's been just a great thing for me to put on when I'm in the when I'm driving or if I'm doing something just to listen to you guys break down a movie so it's it's a it, it is an honor for me to be able to talk to you. Oh thank you. Yep. We're proud of that show man. I mean it's gone through a couple of iterations as we've developed uh, our uh, rhythm, our chemistry. I'm sure you guys yeah. have had the same experience with your yeah, show. Yeah. We we had to figure it out. We go back and listen to the old shows, and we're just like, oh my god, we get, we were done in an hour. Wow, how's that possible? <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, um, and so we we've now slowly started to re- we revisit some of the older episodes and redo them uh, for the fans, which a lot of fans are are asking us to do. So we're not just doing it out of hubris or some de- some desire to be perfectionists. Uh, we just redid Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, nice. A lot yes. of yeah. uh, positive responses. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it's a show that, you know, Steve came up to me like years ago uh, when I was already doing seven shows, seven different shows. And he's like, hey, I have an idea for this show. Will you come on and be on the show? And I said, uh, I said, I don't want to host it uh, in terms of like the main host. Yeah. Uh, I don't want like If you want to do the work and you pay for it <laughs> going on iTunes then absolutely I'll be your co-host. I just don't want to host it because I'm already hosting so many shows, so I don't want that responsibility thrown on top of everything I'm already doing. So he was like, yeah, absolutely. He got all the mics and everything. So it started that way, um, and then I brought an audience to him because obviously nobody knew who Steve was. Yeah. So I brought the audience with me at the time that w- that I had acquired through the Schmodown and Collider and other things, and they came with me to this. And many, many people have enjoyed that show and uh, a lot of people tell me it's their favorite podcast that I do. So it's great. Yeah, yeah, it's a very nice honor. It's fantastic. You guys have great chemistry. And I, mm. I, I'll i be honest, I like all the old ones. Um, and I think mm. in general, um, not to just talk about the cinephiles, <laughs> but uh, I love all the – everything that's um, – Sci-fi. Everything yeah. you guys talk about the sci-fi. Those are always my favorite episodes. And you kind of got me back into Star Trek. And oh. I'm always telling Ben about Star Trek. So you got with yeah. um I ended up watching all the original movies again here. I'm watching the next generation on reruns, mm-hmm. you know, nights here and there. So that kind of like rekindled that that love for me. I watched a little bit when I was a kid and now I'm like a huge fan again, in part because of your guys' enthusiasm. The other the other episode I want to say too, maybe the most appreciative uh, I, I am of an episode is the, the Civil War series. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because I'm never going to watch that. And mm-hmm. by you guys going <laughs> through that and playing the audio and kind of walking through what was going on, I found that not only entertaining, but also educational. So, yeah, yeah I loved it. 
Yeah, that was that was one that Steve like suggested, and I said because we were texting each other about it because we were both watching it on PBS at the same time. They were rescreening it on PBS in Blu-ray, mm-hmm. that HD uh, cleanup they did uh, one Sunday or Saturday afternoon. And I was, I think, I don't know who texted who, but we just were going back and forth about it and all. And one of us mentioned the fact that we should do it on. I think it was Steve who probably was like, we should do it on. Uh, Cinephiles as, as a as just to see what would happen, and I'm like, yeah. you really want to do all these episodes? And like, <laughs> it's ambitious. Like, I, I don't know if I can handle that, man. And he's like, well, let's just do them two at a time, but keep it like short. And I was like, all right, all right. And yeah. then and he did, he did a great job of it, and we had a really uh, fun time doing that. And a lot of people love that those epi- that episode. So that's it's yeah. a good thing. And you, yeah, you guys are going strong, man. You uh, yeah. yeah, top ten has been going for so long, and Cinephiles, yeah. and obviously the newer one, uh, Geek Buddies. It's just. So, I mean, and then the Outlaw Nation, mm. um, so, so you said you had seven at the time, you know, Steve asked you, how many do you have now? Is it? The- <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably have more now. Oh, um, really? <laughs> but because they're on my channel, like yeah. I can control when I do them and when I put them up and everything like that. And they're all like, they're all YouTube shows that I have on my channel, but yeah. I strip the audios out and put them up and because there's an Outlaw Nation podcast network as well. So everything that's on the uh, Outlaw Nation, except for Geek Buddies, because that had already been its own podcast, I put into podcast form for people who are uh you know who want to just kind of take it along with them instead of watching it on youtube so sure uh, and that those are getting decent numbers it's building like you know it's, it's not it's not sh- as strong as the other ones uh but it's just going to take time yeah you know as time. i do more and more right. content you know I, sometimes i want to run before i can walk and it's 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 just my thing and and so but i got to be patient and build up and people eventually kind of turn to my stuff and see my point of view on things so uh, you know, it's just a matter of keep doing the work. And yeah, absolutely. The product. And yeah. it's, uh, you know, I love, I lo- I, you know, one of the reasons we really wanted to have you on the show, too, is, yeah, just because because of your point of view on mm. films. And uh, we do have a, a exciting film to talk about today, which is There Will Be Blood. Uh, real quick, though, I mean, I know you're a voiceover artist as well. Do you have any yeah. projects you're currently working on or uh, that uh, you can talk about? I've had people reach out. I'm doing some kind of like um, off the record voiceovers, so to speak, like non-union stuff. I'm I'm getting paid for on the side, uh, but just as favors to friends because okay. uh, they've got projects that they're creating and developing. Um, but um, what I'm focusing on now is switching agents. Uh, I, I'm at William Morris Endeavor, and it's nice, but it's a big pool. And I think I need to move to a medium-sized pool. Now that I'm no longer at Collider, I kind of have more time to focus on doing all the different things that I do on my time frame and on my time schedule. And I have 24 hours every day to do them now. I don't have this responsibility of having to go up, drive an hour to the job, Mm. work the job, only do things at the job. Yeah. related to the job and then have to drive home another hour uh, to, to work on other stuff or go to a screening. So, you know, in in some kind of way, it's been a bit of a, I don't want to say a blessing, but one of the positives that have come out of this terror of that terrible situation in January is that I've kind of realized, oh, there is time for me to do other things that can bring revenue into my world. So uh, eventually there will be a switch to a new agent and then hopefully booking more voiceovers, either commercial campaigns or, uh, you know, uh, uh, animated series. Yeah, you know, and that's excellent. Where, there you yeah, go. that's when I'll hit up Yuri Lowenthal, who is a very good friend of mine and I hosted shows with twice. I'll be like, okay, 
take me under your wing, make uh, mentor me into this position because I want to be able to do that too. So yeah. Nice. Very cool. Now I believe this movie was John's choice. No. Uh, well, I mean, I gave him some choices and yeah, this is the okay. one he picked. <laughs> yes. Selected out of the pool. Yeah. <laughs> what else was on the list? Was it, uh, I said was the it master, a... I think. I, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think just, I, I was obviously in just a Paul Thomas. Anderson. Yeah, I was in a, I was in a PTA mood, obviously. Okay. Um, so yeah. And he, he picked there will be blood, uh, which I'm thrilled that he did because I feel yeah. like the last like five guests I've asked if they wanted to do that and they picked a different movie. Uh, so I'm glad we're finally talking about There Will Be Blood. We've mentioned it many times on the show. Uh, just never have gone in depth Astrid into from it. from a basket. <laughs> there you go. Um, I start walking around my house saying it like, like I'm insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're insane. All right. Are you, uh, John, are you a Paul Thomas Anderson guy? Oh, yeah. Massively so. Yeah. I mean, I just... Uh, um, I mean, I, and it's funny. It's funny because it's this other stuff. I know people love Boogie Nights. I actually don't have as much of an affinity for Boogie Nights as other people do. But I love this. There Will Be Blood. I love yeah. Punch Drunk Love. Yes. Um, I'm a big fan of The Master. Although it is a, it's not as strong as There Will Be Blood, which is why oh, I chose yeah. There Will Be Blood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I also really enjoyed Phantom Thread. I was one of those people that defended that film. Us uh, too. Yeah, I just really enjoyed the hell out of that thing and saw it twice or three times in the theater because uh, it was so fun. And when I had the chance to interview Leslie Manville at Collider for Deep Cut, my podcast, The Deep Cut, uh, that was one of my when they were pitching her to me. That was one of my responses on the email was I was like, I was like, uh, I'm a massive fan of of this movie. So I would love to have her on the show and so we sat down for an hour she was great and talked yeah. about she was so good in that movie that was, right? uh, she was we, so good we didn't get to see it until we you know we did our top 10 list of that year mm. and we, so we didn't get to see it yet it definitely would have been in probably my top 5 of that year that was yeah, yeah. It, I don't know I don't know what if it's uh, Daniel Day-Lewis I don't know if it's Paul Thomas Anderson but anytime they work together it's just mesmerizing I, yeah. I, I don't mesmerizing <laughs> is the right word yeah, yeah. also uh, the, the score in that movie is fantastic the score in this movie is fantastic and done by the same guy Johnny Greenwood who just turn, churns out great scores and then yeah. for some reason this wasn't um, There Will Be Blood wasn't uh, eligible to be nominated for uh, the score because mm. um, I, f- I forget I just read it yesterday sorry guys but uh, basically, it wasn't eligible because they used stuff from other uh, other uh, movies, oh, yeah. things like that. But uh, but yeah, this uh, it won best cinematography, de- deservedly so. Obviously, mm. Daniel Day Lewis won best actor, deservedly so. Lost out to best best picture um, in. Uh, 2007 to There Will Be Blood, the Cohen movie. Um, to No Country. You mean to No, no country. country for Old Men? Yeah. What did I say? Yeah. You said There Will Be Blood. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. No Country. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no Country for Old Men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll, uh, I, I want to ask you about 2007 movies a little later. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, sure. we'll get to that later. Um, but uh, so, yeah, you're a PTA guy. I, I have a confession to make. I've never seen uh, Magnolia. That's the PTA oh, movie I've never seen. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. so there you go. Dave, have you seen that? I'm going to call have. you out. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I've never seen Boogie Nights. So Okay. There we go. Oh, wow. Trade-off. Yeah. Seen Boogie Nights. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't seem interesting to me that like when I hear people talk about it, they like it and I read the description, I'm like, do I really want to watch this? I don't know. But maybe I don't know. It's a fair question to ask yourself. Do I really want to put myself (laughs) through this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Magnolia is no picnic either. Oh, true. So very true. (laughs) The frogs. Yeah. So uh, Uh, go ahead. No, no, you go. 
<laughs> no, I was just going to get into the movie. So if you had Let's another thought. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, getting into the movie. I mean, obviously, I mean, I don't know if he had uh, this inspiration, but right right away, I'm getting Kubrick vibes. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. With the, with the mountain, you know, the landscape, and then that mm-hmm. screeching uh, score sound. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to try to imitate it. Maybe I'll put it right here in post. Uh, mm. But uh, Yeah, it's like two, like, different like notes right. like finally converge into one <laughs> right <It's> yeah crazy. <laughs> and uh yeah and that's what kubrick always did i feel like at the beginning of his films kind of putting you in the mood for the movie and you know getting you into that tone of the movie and uh, obviously we have yeah. a, uh this uh this bearded guy in 1898 digging mm-hmm. for uh which i found out later uh reading some Wikipedia articles. Uh, he was digging for silver, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it cuts right to, right to Daniel Day Lewis, uh, you know, doing that. Um, I mean, and then it, it, I also bring up Kubrick because it, it switches to him, you know, after he's digging for stuff, and he's kind of like in this stance, drinking drinking this mug, like in almost like yeah. a primal stance. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's a nod to two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. Like it's well, that's like, a great comparison. Yeah, man. like it's uh, I don't know. This is the fir- like this watch, you know, for the show. Yeah, like was the first time I noticed that. I was like, huh. I noticed the Kubrick like beginning and then you yeah. know this like is this like the dawn of man sequence you know <laughs> Well it could be because it's the dawn of what technology the dawn of industrialism is all of this that happens with the oil and what it brings uh to that region and that area the you know we you see that in the movie Giant the classic Giant you know uh one or two oil wells is nice but what Jet Rink does is become a whole you know, a uh, massive uh, CEO of a large multinational corporation. Uh, so it's a lo- it's how qu- it's how quickly it can happen for you if you strike gold oil. And another thing that I think your comparison works too is because if you look, it's fourteen and a half minutes before a word is spoken. Yeah, I know. Uh, I did the same. I paused. I'm like, where are we here? Right, right. It's fourteen <laughs> and a half minutes before Daniel Plainview speaks. Anybody speaks. Uh, yeah. But it's just like the opening of two thousand one. There's not a lot of talking at the opening of two thousand one. That's a cool break as well. So it's it, it, there are shades of it, and maybe it was his homage to Kubrick. Is that yeah, that that kind of fits. I think this time period is absolutely fascinating because you're in like you're in this weird transition period, right? Mm-hmm. You've got horses on one hand, then you've got like a car driving by, yeah. and then in the houses there's electricity. Like whoa, like <laughs> you you don't imagine that there's like a light that they can turn on, right? When you're right. watching this film, and they're sort of like on the verge of something. To your point, John, there yeah. there's about to be an explosion into the modern world, and here we are. I guess yeah, it's this is like if we're just gonna continue with the 2001. This is like I found the bone, right? Mm-hmm. I'm about to throw it up, kind of exactly. Yeah, crazy. Definitely. And it switches. It's as soon as he throws the bone, obviously it switches to the future, and as soon as Daniel Plainview speaks, in essence, it switches to a new future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that that's what I like about this too, is uh, this this guy didn't just uh, you know it showed him working in the in the dirt. It showed him mm. actually working towards being a successful uh, oil man, or you yeah. know. Uh, so I, I appreciated that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, then obviously things happen later on in the movie, which we'll get to. That uh, mm-hmm. uh, shows you what greed and and all that can do. Um, Let me ask you that, guys. This question was the man made in that pit right there when he fell and broke his leg and dragged himself out was that was that who defined who he was going to be for the rest of his life uh, yeah i think so i mean i think it's a great 
opening thing to witness for your protagonist, right? His determination is undaunted. What he wants to accomplish, he is willing to sacrifice anything and go through anything and literally uh, crawl over a mountain to get there. Uh, And so you have this idea that immediately, without words, you immediately know that this is a very determined person to be a self-made man uh, and is willing to endure any kind of hardship uh, in order to get there. uh, So he's not someone to be trifled with. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, it's just... uh, (laughs) he, you know when he when he falls down even like he breaks his leg mm. yes you know he wakes up but then he's like he sees the he's, he sees the silver if i broke my leg i would not be <laughs> I, I i don't know what i would be thinking about it'd be like oh my god my, my legs broke what do i do like <laughs> but he's just hole. like oh my god look what i found and then he's uh laying you know laying in the uh this the, i don't even know what it was but they're like you know weighing his silver and stuff and yeah. about yeah. to pay him and stuff and he's just laying there with his leg you know tied up uh mm-hmm. and uh you know he's just like all right i got my money i don't care that i broke my leg and i think that yeah. kind of explains his walk in the movie like daniel day lewis like mm-hmm. does this like limp thing which is uh, <laughs> uh very uh, very unique very unique well, it's, walk and it's also voice. connected if you look at it to 2001 right because he's kind of walking like those apes at the beginning of the right. movie he's yeah. almost like by the end when he's it, you know when he kills eli he's just like oh yeah he's just yeah. like walking he's, and you could almost say the bowling pin is like a bone he's killing him with that <laughs> yeah bone seriously right at the yeah. end honestly yeah <laughs> here we are we're just gonna run with this for the whole rest of the show <laughs> i mean i think i think this is a shot for shot remake of 2001 uh, (laughs) it is great uh, for Daniel Day I was noticing like wow he's he's really that's right he hurt his leg earlier and Mm -hmm. he's working this thing the whole way through and it's degenerating that's just to his credit oh absolutely and uh you know and then we get to this was in 1898 and then we get to 1902 four years later when he's uh you know uh he's got a team team of people digging uh for oil they find the oil and i love that shot of when he like you know touches the drill and like holds up his hand and we have oil you know just how excited he is and then that's the five symbol Respect. Right, yeah, and uh, he, um, <laughs> of course, you would, you would accept that. Um, <laughs> um, and then uh, that's when H.W. comes in. He, uh, a guy, gets killed by the drill bit that falls down on him, and uh, yeah. he, you know, kind of takes this kid. You know, this we, is my son, H.W. I'm going to use him as a prop for the next 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, at first, you know, first at first watch, maybe for some people, you might be they think like, oh, what a nice guy, you know, just taking this kid in. He's going to take care of him. And uh, there's just there's no no mothers in this in this world. Uh, you know, right. no. Yeah, I noticed that, too. There's only like a couple of women and. And do any of the women even speak in this movie? Well, Eli's mother speaks. <laughs> right. And yeah. Eli's Briefly, sister right? speaks. But yeah. that's pretty much. And then the girl, yeah. that girl laughs the whole time off screen with uh, when he's uh, having, when he's at the whorehouse with his brother. Right. <laughs> his brother. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> Henry. Put that in quotations. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it's a good point. It's a yeah, very male movie. Definitely. Yeah. And then even when he's like, when they flash forward to. Well, well, I wonder why I couldn't get my wife to watch this with me. By the way. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Are you kidding? My girlfriend walked in and she goes, I fucking saw this thing. It is annoying <laughs> as shit. And it's so fucking long. And I was like, I know, Bubs. I know. I, know. Just, I don't know. I saw it once. So never true. again. <laughs> never again. Uh, yeah. The, the, yeah. They switched to 1911. And then to keep on that point, uh, they. You know, I, I was watching this on subtitles, and uh, mm. you know, you hear uh, when they're arguing with Daniel when he's saying like he's here to you know dig oil at that one town, you know, that first town he's at. You see someone like say like you know you have no business talking, lady. You know, so like I think yeah. they like yeah. you know I think that was purposeful to show just like the times and like mm-hmm. how women were kind of not respected in that no. uh, that time frame. I do want to make a point though about uh, what your girlfriend said, John, about it being long. Because I remember this movie being shorter. I haven't. I've seen it maybe. Really? This is maybe my fifth time seeing it, but I haven't wow. seen it in probably maybe I don't know five or six years. It's been a while. Wow. I imagine it being. I am in my mind. I imagined it being a quicker movie. So if, if I do have a knock on it, I'll, I was engrossed in the first fourteen and a half minutes of yeah. no talking. Yeah. But there's there's a period there, and I think where the movie really hits the gas is when H W gets hurt. Yes. Um, but I, I would say between that 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 silent period, or at least with no dialogue, and then when HW gets hurt, it does kind of struggle to find itself. You guys well, agree there? Or? I don't know. I don't know necessarily. It's establishing the relationship between him and Eli, right? So yeah. that's a that's a slow, methodical relationship because they're asking you to do a lot of the work as you're watching it, right? They're not going to tell you that this guy is a charlatan. They're not going to tell you that Daniel Plainview uh, hates that guy because he sees pieces of himself in that guy but you can tell that the reason he rejects him in the way he does the way he treats him the way he does is because he hates that there's pieces of that kid in him because as megalomaniacal as uh you know as eli is so is Plainview to achieve what he wants to achieve he's just less shameless about it and more intelligent and and that's what you mean by he sees him in 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 eli there are two sides of the same coin yeah Basically, I mean they they both are they both want power. Yes, and and it, they just have different ways of getting it depending on their circumstance. Daniel can Daniel's smart enough to be able to pull out pull oil off from the ground. Eli is able to convince a whole bunch of people that you know he's their leader and right. uh, you know needs cash to support the church so he can do whatever he wants to do, right. kind of a thing. And that's the difference. E- e- Daniel is a self-made man. Eli is made off other people's successes. Eli rides the coattails of other self-made people uh, so that he can exploit them for his own benefit, like we see with a lot of evangelical people. They just pick pick a flock and then, you know, like, oh, God's speaking to me and blah, 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 and people just buy it. And certainly we saw that uh, with both of them uh, in that. But yes, they're both just as determined to succeed. One just is self-made, therefore understands the pitfalls of what he's going through. And the other one is so used to riding other people's coattails that he has no idea how to stand on his own two feet. I want to ask you guys, uh, both of you guys are men of faith, as I understand mm. it. Not that we need to get super, super detailed here, but how do you feel about this depiction? It's not the it's not the first time in a movie where uh, mm. a preacher has been portrayed negatively. Um, but I, I would like to just get your sense when you see the I, I'm becoming more conscious of this stuff. Mm. Is, you know, what do you think of it when you see it? I, I think what the movie's doing is saying he's clearly a charlatan and we're supposed right. to real. we're not supposed to assume that. All pastors are charlatans, but he right. is. But on the other hand, other people might watch this and be like, oh, yeah, this is like those stupid church people. What do you guys think of that? Mm. 
Uh, I think that comes down to a personal thing, doesn't it? If you're built to have that feeling about church people, then you've got your thing you can cite in the movie. But like you, I I look at it like this. This is one particular uh, person who's in charge of this particular flock in this particular church in this particular small town, and he's this way. I don't think they're making an overall statement. I mean, I don't know if Paul Thomas Anderson is making an overall statement about religion, but if he is, it's a statement that's been made multiple times in multiple movies. So what's the novel way that you're doing it? You know, If you're going to make a grandiose statement at this stage with decades of film behind you, you've got to do something unique and interesting. Uh, And I do like the fact that Eli is a sniveling little coward, uh, (laughs) but there is something about him that is in Daniel and so there is pieces and maybe that is Daniel's trying to kill that other part of himself and he does eventually down the road but like that's what the connection is and I don't really see it as an indictment on religion necessarily I think it's an indictment on him as a person yeah that's where I'm at too yeah I don't I don't see it as yeah just uh, you know them speaking on religion or anything like that it's just what will this person do to uh, get a head up, you know, what will they do to, you know, get, uh, get that $10,000 as Eli mm-hmm. want or $5,000 that Eli wanted. Um, you know, how so. about that performance with get out of here ghost? Oh man. <laughs> Paul, I like mean, as much dancing as, out the door, as much as you yeah. despise the character, I think that's a credit to Paul Dano <laughs> and his oh, performance. Yeah, so I mean, that's just, so Oh, get out of here ghost. And then just like, <laughs> Oh, he just like almost sounds possessed when he's, when he's finished. It's just like, Wow, yeah, that is uh, that is some uh, powerful stuff right there. Um, and apparently, he took the job because he he was cast originally as the uh, the other brother, Paul, right? Paul Sunday, right? He was cast as Paul, and then four days before the film was about to start shooting, uh, for whatever reason, they didn't like the actor they had cast as Eli. So uh, Paul Thomas Anderson asked Paul Dano to play Eli. As well, and they adjusted the thing to be a tw- uh, a twin story. But even though we never hear about Paul until all the way at the end after right. his first introduction, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so he, he so the fact that he took the job to do this other larger part four days before they started shooting is pretty incredible because Daniel, I mean, because uh, 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 Daniel Day Lewis had been working on it for a year on his yeah. character, and so going toe to toe with that guy uh, it must have been something. I yeah. could imagine, and I think. The audience doesn't quite know what's going on here right. when we see, we see him again when when Daniel goes out there with HW to go uh, quail hunting, yeah. <laughs> quail hunting, yeah. Yeah. and then um, I think it's Eli that shows up and Daniel Day Lewis just kind of yeah, he like, gives him a funny look like right. wait a minute, <laughs> but I'm saying you, <laughs> yeah, and and the uh, you know to go on your point, Dave, of you know you feel like this doesn't take off until would you say until HW. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I mean, so I, the I explosion. Think, yeah. I think it was important, uh, you know, to to build up to that and to build up yeah. to the like, like John said, with the relationships uh, with Eli and everything, and to show uh, also how deceiving uh, Daniel can be. You know, saying he's there to be quail hunting. You yeah. know, and he wants to buy the land for quail hunting. And, you know, it has nothing to do with oil. And that's when Eli calls him out like, oh, what about the oil? He's like, well, what about it? <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and then that's interesting because just the way Paul or I'm sorry, Eli does his sermon. Daniel kind of does his own sermon where he gives his I'm an oil man speech. Right. Yeah. And he, it's he's, it's rehearsed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, most of it is 
uh, you know, about a half of that speech is is something he gives to everybody, and then he changes it to wherever his location is. That's interesting, right? That's it's, what I'm telling you, it's a sale. He's a salesman, yeah. just like mm-hmm. when uh, you know, he's uh, I forget who asks him like, "What faith are you?" He's like, "Oh, I like all faiths," you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's Which the one that lets me drill. <laughs> Which book of the Bible is your favorite? Oh, I like all the books. Yeah. I wouldn't want to choose one book. That would seem wrong, right? That's an easy lie answer. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the yeah. thing that you see with, with him. But once again, shades of uh, Eli and Daniel, which yeah. drives him insane, I think, honestly. Uh, but yeah, they're both, that's that's something brilliant that Paul does. Is like you get, you get so on board with Daniel, then you see Eli, and then you kind of look at Daniel in a whole different way because you see the similarities between these guys. Uh, and the charlatan nature of both of them. Do you guys think uh, he had a a faithful upbringing? Because it seems like he's rejecting faith a lot, you know? Or is it just other people? Mm. I guess when he says, you know, later I, you know, see the worst in people or anything. But uh, I was thinking, like, is it... Is it specifically faith that he's rejecting? It seems like that in this movie. I, I think he's rejecting... Eli's interpretation of faith, yeah, right, and um, like when he's slapping him around after that guy has died on the on the uh, drill, uh, and he says, "Where were you? you? You're such a faith healer. Where were you to give him his ear? Is a uh, you know his uh, save him? Or, or where were you with my son? Why won't you give my son's hearing back if you're such a faith healer? Uh, blah blah blah." And then of course uh, later when he has to take the it's so great when he has to take the uh, baptism thanks to uh, what is it, Bandy. Uh, and he's in there, and when yeah. Eli starts to slap him, he just starts smiling. Like, I yeah. just really, because he's the right. Because in that moment, Bring your Lord. Like, yeah. like, just, just get it over with. I want to get out of here. And, but, like, you see him, like, slapping him, and the whole time Daniel's just like, yeah, bring it on. And, it, yeah. and then when they put the water on him, he's like, because it's I know. just him going. He's, he knows it's a farce. It's all a farce. So he's just playing along because these people need to believe that he is what he is saved or whatever. I, so they can blame, so they can lie to themselves that the money they're making is somehow pure because they uh, they participate in this farce of baptizing him. I, uh, I I might as well ask this question now then. Um, yeah. Do you, uh, you know, in that scene, which I had in my top five, we did a top five show of best acting scenes, which was very obscure, but best mm. acting scenes. And I had this in my list. Uh, you know, I abandoned my child. I abandoned my boy. Mm. When he's saying that, is he feeling remorse for what he did oh, yeah. to HW or is he just irritated at Eli at that moment? What do you guys think? I, I think he's feeling remorse. Okay. Um, that's what I, because yeah, that's what I've we've gathered seen, too. Yeah. We've seen him throughout the film. He does have vulnerability within him. He does have tenderness within him. He doesn't mistreat his crew. We never see him slap around his crew. Uh, he can be rough with his crew. He can be tough with his crew. Uh, but even when he's complaining to Eli, he's like, we, we can't have my men coming here and coming to your service uh, because it's exhausting them and it's costing them time when they should be resting uh, when they're working 12 hours a day at my, uh, at my uh, <laughs> whatever it is. Like, I want them to be rested, right. not coming here to the service. But, you know, that scene with the baby on the train when the when HW's a baby and he's, like, playing with his mustache or whatever, like, is very tender. When HW gets hurt, I mean, he holds him. He hugs him. Right. And he holds him all night with the oil still covered. He doesn't even wash himself. He's still covered in the oil holding his son. Uh, from the, he just can't deal with weakness. He doesn't. He cannot deal with weakness. Right. It is not within him, which is why he's such a complicated character to like. And if it wasn't Daniel Day Lewis, I don't think we'd find him anywhere near as charming <laughs> as we do. You know? No, you're right. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I mean, is 
I wouldn't even call him a protagonist, especially, no. you know, at the end of the film. Uh, d- during the film. Compelling man on screen. I mean, during the film, we're, I guess, kind of rooting for him uh, in a way. But uh, but at the same time, yeah, he's just, he's kind of despicable. But yeah, I mean, to your point about showing tenderness, I mean, even at the end when, you know, he kind of disowns his son, yeah. uh, who is now his uh, uh, competition, you know, he even says, you know... Um, uh, the, or uh, Paul Thomas Anderson does like a flashback to when he's actually playing with yeah. uh, mm-hmm. Eli and, and uh, the girl, the Sunday girl. Um, and uh, so it shows that, yes, there there was love there. There was, there was mm-hmm. you know, definitely, uh, you know, feelings and heartfelt moments with them. So uh, I'd like to go back just a, just a bit. Um, yes, just let's go back. And say, I think... There's a possible interpretation that this movie is a movie about a man who rejects God, real God, and real salvation. Mm-hmm. Because, and I'm not saying through the charlatan, through the charlatan religion, but a right. man who actually has real opportunity to make things right in his life, and he spits, <laughs> spits at those opportunities. Yeah, you know, it's not like call God what you want, but I think he has a chance at real redemption. And I, I kind of think that's what this movie is. He's, I don't know if it's anti-hero is, I mean, that's an overused phrase, mm. but it's basically a guy who's been given all the opportunity to make things right. And just says, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> he takes weird stands of principle in moments uh, and is unaware of how hypocritical his stances on principle are yeah. considering how he is as a person. Exactly. So this, it's, that's what I find that's fascinating about Daniel. Daniel Plainview is just about everybody else we may know in life. You know, some, <laughs> some of us have the hardest thing looking at ourselves and yeah. seeing the hypocritical nature of ourselves because we go, no, 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 I had the best of intentions when I was doing this. And it's like, sure. yeah, but it was also self-serving, wasn't it? And so not a lot of people are willing to face themselves. And I put myself in that camp sometimes it's really hard to yeah. see yourself reflected back in a certain way. And you're like, oh, wow, I really, that's how it looked? Damn. And so you see that with, uh, with Daniel, he is like when he stops Eli from doing the blessing on the well. Why? Why right. do that? What yes. are you get? Why Eli has you know he, he you you swindled his dad out of that situation by being a quail hunter or whatever. <laughs> you, you swindled his dad, so somehow you're now going to be upset that this guy wants to swindle other people. It seems such a weird like stance to I, take I, when you have a reputation of doing the same thing. Right? Yeah, and I, I think he's definitely a person who's you cannot tell me what to do. I am going right. to do my own thing, and I'm not going to lie. I uh, my wife will even tell you that I am guilty of that that if you tell me one thing I might do the other thing um, but not as egregious as you know what right, Daniel right. Plainview does but uh, there's um, a little bit of Daniel Plainview in all of us I think. He's, yeah. that, he's that little he's devil very, inside of us I think it's stubbornness you know I think that's that's what it is and uh, yeah like you said with the, the blessing thing you know I mean he had in his mind that he wanted to do it with the daughter Sunday so right. uh, I, I, I Mary is that her I keep I feel bad that I yeah I think it is name. Mary yeah, yeah Mary's Sunday, he names the well after her, and then this is the first time we realize right after that. I mean, once he doesn't give the blessing, you got one death, uh, which is the guy who um, who dies from that drill bit falling down, yeah. um, yes. and then he wait. Uh, oh, what's the actor's name? Uh, he's in. He's Ma- Mance oh, Raider. Mance yes. Raider from is that yes. who it is? Yeah, Kieran Hines. Yeah, yeah, yeah Kieran um, Hines. Yeah, he. Um, you know, he comes and. Daniel's passed out on the floor drunk like someone yeah. died do I know him you know he's like all upset and he's like 
where's the bit? Like asking where the drill bit is, like making sure that's okay too. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, this is right after the blessing. So someone dies. And then yep. uh, shortly after that, that's when the whole oil rig catches fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when HW loses his hearing. And that's when, you know, even even him, you know, he's like looking at, uh, I'm just going to call him Mance Raider the whole time. Uh, <laughs> he looks at uh, Mance Raider and says like, what are you pouting about? Where there's a ho- whole ocean of oil under us like that's that's what he's concerned about his son is hurt and is over there you know deaf you yeah know? he's kind of thrilled in that moment right. to yeah. be honest yeah. i mean like I, I mean at this to, granted he was you know first worried about his son uh but then he was you know he realized you know the the greediness kind of took over in that moment i think well, it's also fascinating to think about the stages of his success. Every single stage of his success is accompanied with the death of someone mm. who works for him or with him, right? I mean, the what's interesting about the first 14 and a half minutes of that movie is when you see his connection with H.W.'s dad, that guy is essentially, like, literally his silent partner because yeah. he never says a word, but you, but you can tell from the acting from both... Uh, Daniel D. Lewis and the guy who played that guy, who's the father of HW, the actual biological father, you can tell they have an understanding with each other. And that guy's just as tough as Daniel. Uh, And so, you know, when he takes on the kid, it's almost like in honor of this guy who had been by his side for for that four year time jump that we go through. It feels like that guy has been essentially his partner in this business. So he dies. Then he jumps into this new well that guy dies, right? Uh, so the the guy that worked for him. So everything and HW gets hurt. Everything is accompanied with this uh, these uh, uh, casualties or these injuries uh, that affect people's lives. Um, fantastic he won't stop. point. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and then he, he hurt his leg to just yeah, to right. get out exactly. of that pit. I mean, every step yeah. of the way, there is a physical cost. Outstanding point. Yeah. So it's so maybe it's what you were saying here earlier, Dave. This idea of it's a man rejecting religion. I think it might be a less of Paul Thomas Anderson of what what you really have to endure in order to achieve this success and what you have to, and will you really be happy once you achieve this success? Cause he ends up completely alone. His whole family has abandoned him. He's only left with some old Butler taking care of his stuff. Uh, and he's shooting stuff in the middle of the hallway. So he's lost. Like <laughs> yeah, he's he, just lost, right? Yeah, he gets absolutely. a chance I mean, at, at real forgiveness. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. HW shows that we're skipping ahead. HW shows up there and this is like, you can be absolved in a sense, yes. just to give your son some good grace. And he says, fuck you. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> You're a bastard in a box. <laughs> he does oh, all that. Oh, by yeah. the way, he—I uh, read he—he—he he, he patterned his voice and speech pattern uh, after John Houston. He yeah. wanted to essentially oh, imitate John. Oh, Houston. that's so obvious that's, now, uh, right? Right? Chi- you can uh, hear it. Chinatown, right? Chinatown. Yeah, from Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. It's so unsettling. I'll give you just yeah. an example of how unsettling it is. Not not just me walking around my house doing imitations, but <laughs> during the movie, my dog would not avert her eyes from the screen. She was suspicious of the TV. Really? Just because of his voice. <laughs> That's insane. That's wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, yeah, Daniel Day-Lewis. I mean, we, uh, he, obviously, we got to talk about him. I mean, he's just... Uh, yeah. I. It, it's... 
amazing. I mean, it's just uh, it's unheard of what he can do. It's so effortless, but yet so mesmerizing. Even it's when amazing. you know, even in Phantom Thread, I mean, it's it's him just I think doing his normal voice. Like I think it's yeah. one of his first movies I've seen him do his normal voice. Um, and uh, and Ben, yeah. I think we said just to jump in just really quick. Just to, uh, me and you said, who would have thought we would have loved the movie about a dressmaker? I mean, that's right. just <laughs> we freaking loved it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. It's just he's just so mesmerizing and you can just tell how he plays off the actors uh, in this um, uh, there was a specific moment I was going to bring up where he's playing off of Paul Dano but uh, but yeah if you watch the film you can see him like you know some you know scenes you know obviously it's scripted but you can tell that you know you can tell when an actor is playing off another actor and yeah. it's uh yeah. he he does that so well it's it's it, like i said effortless um yeah. and uh so his his uh i want to mention his brother showing up uh who i forget the actor's name i know he's in the mummy um, oh yeah <laughs> benny right yeah <laughs> he's uh yeah he 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 shows sorry, up sorry i don't know if of anything else <laughs> and, and this is when we get the the famous you know i have a competition in me i have the, I see mm. the worst in people. Uh, you know, he's just saying, I don't see people, you know, uh, I, I see nothing liking in people, which is just so like, this is when we finally get his real, the real side of Daniel Plainview. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd like to pose a question uh, to you guys, because uh, I think one of the things you imagine about this film is the idea of greed, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think Daniel Plainview cares about money at all. I think Eli I think Eli is greedier than Daniel Plainview. Mm-hmm. I think Eli wants the cash. I think Daniel doesn't really care. He just wants to dominate people. Yeah, he just wants to win. I mean, yeah. that's he 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 meets with the people at what is it? Sta- standard is that what it's called? Yeah, Standard, standard Oil. Oh, no, standard, standard Oil is the people. Yeah, right. When he's like, yeah, because he, um, he goes with Union Oil, but it's Standard Oil who are his uh, nemesis in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he meets with them and they say, "I'll, I'll give you 150 for the Coyote yeah. uh, Hills place," and he's like, "All right, deal. What's next?" And you know, he's trying to buy the the Sunday place. Um, and you know, he's talking about his son. You can now, you know, you'll be a millionaire. You can take care of your son, and he takes that as you're telling me how to take care of my family how to run right. my family no all right i think john you were hinting at that earlier too about you can't say anything to this guy right. basically and, yeah. I, and i think that hits on your point dave of he doesn't care about money he cares about winning he yes. like he says to his his quote-unquote brother henry uh i have a competition in me you know mm-hmm. he just he wants to win he just that's 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 what it's about for him um, i think for a lot of people who do achieve a certain level of success it is about winning which is why when they get there they're almost um right is that great line in uh, die hard uh when um what's his face is saying that uh, hans gruber is saying they say for alexander <laughs> wept for he had no more worlds to conquer right, <laughs> right it's, yeah. it's that kind of thing some people are really have this desire in them a, draw, a competition within them to achieve and to succeed at the highest level of whatever they choose to do but once they get there if it gets removed from them then they don't have that purpose that they had before. Like that's why Daniel ends up like the old dude with the sweater on shooting shit in his hallway because he, he he's no other. There are no other battles to win. There are no more battles to fight. So he's well, a warrior without a war, and he's lost. You know, and and so that's why at the end that battle with his son is just him working out his muscles again. Having oh finally someone's insulted me, I can go after them with with vigor. But then of course he has that remembering of everything and and feels the loss. 
of uh, of H W for real. But yeah, he's driven. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he gives a shit about money. I think Eli uh, equates money with power and success, right, which yeah. is why he comes and cries to Daniel at the end when he says, <laughs> "I didn't, you know, I didn't know that the stock market was going to sink us and blah blah blah." And it's like, yeah, because you're stupid. You've always been stupid. You're stupid, verbal. You've always been stupid. You know, because you know you don't understand how to make money because you've relied on other people giving you money. You've never earned the fucking money. And so there's a difference, you know? Yeah. Oh, Daniel, there's been troubles. <laughs> uh, John, to your point, though, about the people like that, like that live in our world, aren't these just undiagnosed psychopaths who should be locked away and not be allowed to do anything in our society? Well, here's what I'll say. He's a psychopath because he acts on the feelings, right? I think there are many sociopaths who are in power who don't act on the desire to kill. Psychopaths act on the desire to kill. And that's what he has because he does kill his fake brother. Um, He kills Eli at the end. And God knows who else he's probably killed in his past uh, to achieve what he's achieved. So, yes, he's a psychopath. There are some people who are (laughs) sociopaths for sure. uh, And you could call them indirect psychopaths because their decision... Their policies or the way they run businesses cause other people to die from certain things, uh, especially if they own property and, and have tenants and they're mistreating their tenants yeah. that lead to deaths or lead to illnesses from those tenants from mold or asbestos or what have you. Uh, yeah, they can indirectly be psychopaths because they don't they only see humans as numbers on a ledger. They don't see humans uh, yeah. as real people. Yeah. I mean, I get the sense from from you, John. I mean, we're we're, I've well, I've listened to now hundreds of hours of you talking. Actually, now that I think about it, but here we are talking, and and I know I know Ben. Ben's a great friend of mine. It's you know we just want to we just want to kind of live our lives and make enough money to be comfortable. I don't want to dominate anybody. I don't want to like screw anybody over. That mentality (laughs) to me is like completely foreign, and uh, it's it's fascinating to see on screen, but it does make me uh, you uneasy. You stole the words out of my mouth. Yeah, when you said like it's nothing we want to do, but yeah. Yeah, it is fascinating to see on screen. I mean, even mm-hmm. when you watch like violence on screen, it's like you see someone kick the shit out of somebody. It's like I don't want to do that to anybody, but it's it's pretty badass to watch. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. You live vicariously through that, of right? Exactly. But, that, but that's the thing when you look at the and I'll make this a little quick analogy to the Schmodown, right? Uh, people ask me all the time, like Dan Merle is the goat, the greatest of all time. A lot of people believe that. I believe that certainly. Uh, and but people ask me, like, don't you want to be considered the goat? And I don't have that desire. I don't have the desire to be the greatest of all time. I want to be one of the greatest, but I never <laughs> want to be the greatest of all time because that's a lot of pressure that you're always having to live up to, right? It's like those old westerns where like. Yeah, it sucks when you, everybody knows who you are because every time you go into a town, someone feels they need they have to challenge you to see if you're the quickest draw or not, <laughs> right. right? But yeah. but our our friend Ben Bateman, he is he is determined to become <laughs> one of the goats in his in and so and all respect to him, he has that dryer, he has that competition within him to get to that spot. He wants that spot, and he thinks it's and he gives me always weird looks when I say to him, "I don't <laughs> want to achieve that. I'm I'm cool where I'm at. My legacy is secure. I don't need to be one of I don't need to be the greatest of." All time, you know, I can be Scottie Pippen. You can yeah, be Michael I'm, Jordan. Look, I'm cool being Rodman. I'll be honest yeah, with you. I know, right? Yeah. I got paid. I got rings. What do I, I just want to spot the team? I don't exactly. give a shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be BJ freaking Armstrong, <laughs> Bill Winnington. Scotty, Scotty. 
Oh, man. If you uh, tune in to uh, Last Dance on ESPN on Sunday. Um, <laughs> great show. Uh, so, yeah, he ends up killing his uh, brother because he finds out it's not his brother. Him and yeah. he sends, H- well, first of all, he sends HW away because HW sets fire to uh, <laughs> the bed of Henry, um, yeah. you know, because HW is jealous. Like, no, I'm in the family business and now you're, right. you're taking on this guy. And, and then, a cry uh, for attention, too. Yeah, right? oh, sure. absolutely. I mean, it was clear to me that Daniel was rejecting him for, for getting hurt. Yeah. I mean, Giz- right? I mean, I think that was yeah. going on. He he saw him as a basically damaged goods. Giz- gives him gives him vodka, yeah. vodka yeah. and milk to go to sleep <laughs> so he can <laughs> go do his thing. <laughs> it's like wow, okay. And people uh, miss that he that, that when he first gets HW as a baby, he soaks the pacifier yep, in yeah. liquor. So yeah. he develops that kid's desire for liquor from a young age. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to ask you guys about this whole bit here where they're doing the the, the pipeline, mm. the way this thing looks, the score, the imagery in front of you. I'm like soaking all of this in. I, I'm just yeah. like engrossed in all of this. I think sur- they make surveying look like the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Paul Thomas, like, I, like again, this uh, – this movie uh, totally deserved to win cin- cinematography, which it did, and uh, you know it's uh, you know part of the, part of that was those scenes of the yeah, like, like you said surveying, and obviously that scene of him like looking up at the uh, the flamed well, um, yeah. you know with oil all, all over his face. Beautiful shot. Um, there's so many beautiful shots in this, but yeah, sur- surveying never seems so uh, so interesting to me. <laughs> um, oh, and I'll also. Yeah, I love that too. And it's you know one of the tidbits of that is that one of those you know one of those explosions and maybe the HW explosion, they were actually shooting uh, No Country for Old Men, a scene uh, on the other side of the town in Texas, and oh, wow. th- they had to stop shooting the scene and come back the next day because the smoke <laughs> was billowing from the explosion yeah. that they had shot on set for uh, uh there will be blood and how ironic both these films were neck and neck for best picture of the year. i know that's that's what's crazy too yeah i read i read that uh i was researching for the show and yeah i read that too and yeah it's just yeah. it's crazy that you know first of all they're up for best picture at the same time but yeah they're filming at the same time too um i i now i'm curious like what sh- what scene in no country for old men it was that uh that they had, right, to, right. had to postpone uh that would be interesting to know but um i, I, I would just love to find out if there was a bar fight between them sometime. I asked them, yeah. Yeah. Like, where's they the have... cast of No Country? Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, mean, there will be blood would just destroy them, I think. Yeah, I wonder if he had just, so savage. Was Josh Brolin and Daniel D. Lewis hanging out at a bar at any point, yeah, right. you know, during this? Like, <laughs> well, Daniel, D- notes. supposedly Daniel D. Lewis stays in character, so that would have been a weird, yes. you know, experience. <laughs> he does. Scare everybody. Uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he sends HW away, which is a sad moment, you know, he has uh again wow, I'm, I'm gonna, brutal yeah yeah it, yeah uh it, when i first saw this like i uh you know a long time ago back in 07 uh you know it's going to I, talk I th- to the conductor well, I'll be right back. yeah i thought like he was sending him away and like just leaving him there but i i then i realized that Ma- mance raider again i'm going to continue to call him that uh mance raider was there to to take him there but yeah it's such a sad yeah. moment you know he sees yeah. he, he realizes what's going on and just like wow and then uh and then that's when uh him and henry meet with the standard which we already Mm. talked about um and then uh you know he finally 
you know, they get to the ocean and everything. Daniel starts to open up a little to Henry, talking to him about <sighs> the childhood. Like, t- let's talk about the house a little. You know, what yeah. was that? Uh, what was the house all about? You know, and take up to Henry the Street dance. <laughs> yeah, Henry. Henry doesn't really have an answer. And that was a, the moment. The Peach yeah. Street dance was the yeah. moment. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's and like, d- why are you hesitating? And, right. And look, and you know, uh, Ben, when you look at Daniel Day Lewis's face in this scene, uh, you're that's. A masterclass in acting. He yeah. absolutely goes from, oh, uh, well, yeah, he didn't know it. Oh, why doesn't he know it? Wait, why doesn't he know it? Right. Why? Yeah. Do, what the? F- has he been like the slow dawning on him I that, that the, this guy's been lying to him the whole time, and then <laughs> the disappointment in his face. Right. Right at the end, that's the last emotion is the disappointment in his face. Ugh. Once again, a member, even a fake member of his family, right. has <laughs> let him down. Right. Because he opens oh. up about how he left his dad, he left his family. You know, he just he had a desire to go and be on his own because obviously that was a tough house to grow up in. Right. So he wanted to make his it, own way. So. So to have even a fake member of the family faking to be him, uh, uh, disappoint him and let him down and lie to him, it's just like it's it's another destruction of this dude. The second he right. puts himself out, someone hurts him. And exactly. so that's why he's built that defense, that wall uh, around anything that is resembling weakness. And he opened, so yeah, incredible. like you said, he opened up to this guy saying, you yeah. know, I, I see the worst in people, you know, and all mm-hmm. that. So, I mean, he totally opened up to him. But, yeah, you're right. You know, that just just facial express, expression yeah. acting is just amazing in this mm-hmm. like you yeah you totally see what he's thinking and then yeah. he shoots him in the face and <laughs> back then <laughs> guns weren't what are you gonna do at that point yeah I mean you might as well just shoot him in the face <laughs> back then guns weren't powerful enough so we get to watch him dying after uh, yeah. oh yeah he wasn't right strict do I gotta shoot him again in the head or yeah. what it's like oh, man. Yeah, let's watch him suffer <laughs> so yeah we got we get we get that um that's such an amazing point john yeah that like vision like facial storytelling essentially it, yeah. you get so much information on like what three looks yeah. unbelievable yeah we already talked about uh, abandoned my child abandoned my boy but right before <laughs> that after he kills um his brother uh what's his name bandy uh yeah, william bandy. bandy comes and you know says you got to repent for your sins he knows and i love uh, i meant to look this up what uh this is worth in 1911 what it is worth today but he says i'll give you three thousand dollars for your land because he's trying to get him yeah. to go to church and then he's like keeps talking to him about it. he's like i'll give you five thousand dollars he's willing to pay five thousand dollars even which is a lot today to not yeah. have to go to church <laughs> you know he's which yeah. i thought was just uh i don't know i, I, I I found it very uh, uh, humorous that he was willing to pay that much just to not have to go to church. (laughs) But once once he realizes that he's not going to get out of it, this is very similar to him crawling across the ground with that broken leg. He's going to have to crawl on his belly in front of Eli. And so to Eli. So once again, him crawling... Through his pride is not more important than the ability to to be successful or to be uh, the best at what he does in the competition. So he like emotionally crawls across uh, another over a mountaintop with a broken leg uh, when he goes to get uh, baptized by Eli. Right. Yeah, humiliation is a big deal in this movie, right? Because oh, yeah. we kind of get it both ways. Daniel has to go through it, and then later Daniel puts Eli back through it. This is like you know oh, yeah. a long term revenge story yeah. <laughs> just waiting. 
You, know? you might not know this, but men are pretty fucked up, man. <laughs> so, you know, no, humiliation no. is a big tool, a big tool in the toolbox of man. <laughs> and it's great because I imagine like, you know, if, if Daniel Plainview was in his worst state ever and he's like in a coma, if Eli showed up in his face, he'd be like, Oh, I turn now. I hear and find a way to put Eli in his place. Still here, Eli. And I definitely think that first slap from Eli was real. I think he really slapped Daniel Day Lewis. Oh yeah, like that was. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was hard. I think both of them have talked about it because uh, he he that was a real slap. And also when he drags Eli by his hair through the through the dirt when he slapped him about his child, that actually is a real thing. Like, like he really mm. was doing that, and Dana went with it. That was him improving the scene or whatever. Oh, and Dana, you, no. <laughs> when he's like screaming high pitched squeal, it's like yeah. so perfect. Yeah, so <laughs> it really is both of them. They put yeah. a lot, a lot through each other. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, I mean that that pretty much brings us to uh, you know, obviously, you know that whole thing. And I mean, once he uh, builds the pipeline, I mean that's that's his. Victory, you know, he, he built yeah. the pipeline, and now he doesn't have to just take it for to mass costs. riches. Yeah, you know, but you it know. Does, but it brings him no peace, doesn't it? Because he sees the dudes when they all walk in right after HWs come back. They're all sitting around the table, and he just can't resist, like right. jabbing at them. And he still needs their attention. That's the thing. He always feels also. He always feels lesser than. So he compensates mm-hmm. by doing these larger gestures, these right. more you know aggressive, challenging, chest thumping things. Him putting the napkin on his face and imitating the dude. <laughs> Like, there's no reason to do any of that. Right. Him getting the drinks. We order the drinks first. Blah, blah, blah. There's all of that. And that's obviously a person who's never seen a therapist in his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, it's so much. So, so when they keep ignoring him and then kind of make slight conversation about him under their breath, he walks over to the table to antagonize them because he's like, you're not going to ignore me. He's like Alex in, in uh, Fatal Attraction. I won't be ignored, right. Dan. Right. He walks up. And so he, he purposely tries to embarrass them. I will have have to say though i mean he was right he oh, ordered sure. it, he ordered his drinks before you know <laughs> he ordered his drinks before he he, he needed it first you know it's yeah, like, stick to your principles that's here. true fair point <laughs> even if you would completely embarrass your son to make an ass out of yourself exactly exactly it goes to right. the point it's still hilarious right like maybe if it's not my dad i'd be like oh kill me but if maybe if it was someone else's dad i might laugh kind of a thing you <laughs> yeah know? right yeah, definitely definitely um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah that that scene is great i mean it's just yeah again I, like i said at the beginning i mean this movie is just so mesmerizing mm. i mean even his like signature at the beginning when he's signing for the uh silver yeah. like that's mesmerizing to me like the way he's signing his name <laughs> like uh yeah it's I think- the most compelling human being who's alive basically right. yeah what we want to say. <laughs> and uh so yeah i mean uh, that's basically yeah i mean then yeah we, well, we get to uh you know uh where hw marries uh the sunday this is beautiful girl. right this is the guys this is like less than a minute right and yeah. it's like it's like pulling at your heart yeah. and then he confronts daniel and i don't know how you guys felt i was alone i got tears I like this confrontation sure. is cannot this breaks me completely down. Mm-hmm. Just HW is such a nice kid. And despite that environment he grew up in, he turns out to be a genuinely nice person, right? Yeah. 
Uh, and so what he's going to do in Mexico is just to kind of essentially do what Daniel did, was to become his own man. Uh, right. And, and sh- Daniel should be encouraging of him that, like, you know, the, the you can say he's pulling himself up by his bootstraps. He doesn't want to live off what Daniel has already made. He could be one of those, you know, rich kids who just lives off the money, doesn't give two shits, and, and treats people like dog crap because he has no concept right. of how to be human. He wants to go and build his own land and build his own uh, namesake, his own legacy. Uh, and why isn't Daniel? supportive of it it's so confounding to see him in this moment uh piss away the chance to repair all the damage that he had done to hw in the past yeah yes he's like dad like i want to do this thing i basically saying you know we had our problems but let's just move past this here's our here's our real chance like to make Mm -hmm. things right in our lives and uh that just like that just tears me apart yeah okay and then daniel just says no. Right. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Great. Basically. Yeah. Because that's the emotional vocabulary. Yeah. And, and making making him actually say the words, like, don't have your puppet talk for me and all that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just like, uh, so cruel. Yeah. This cruelty like, like, yeah. has no bounds. You, but it's still hilarious. You have everything you, have everything you ever wanted. You know, you, you, you built this empire. You're, you know shooting guns in your hallway in your in your mansion <laughs> and um you know it's just uh he's still miserable he's a mm-hmm. still a miserable old fuck uh, yeah. is essentially what he is we um, see that with a lot of people who achieve success yep. in life they end Absolutely. up becoming miserable old paranoid fucks yep and, you know a lot of us end up having to work for fuckers like that it's the worst yeah. it's the worst yeah. it's the worst because you're just you're just a, a subject to their add whims because they're the ones who hold the money and sign yep. your paychecks right uh, so you have to go along with their lunacy and their stupidity and their weird ideas for things and you're just because like you know what i gotta pay my bills you know and so it's 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 an interesting thing in the world man absolutely absolutely yes for sure now we get <laughs> eli is showing up oh things have been really good daniel i'm on the radio <laughs> and then that devolves really quickly <laughs> that story doesn't check out and then we get drainage that's the best <laughs> that'll never get old for me that milkshake never ever I just love that he's like you know will you buy the Bundy Ranch and he's like okay uh, yeah just uh, you know denounce your face say you're a false prophet and uh, God is a superstition and uh, you know he reluctantly says it at first Daniel makes it say it louder and louder and louder finally says it uh, passionately and then finally uh, Daniel's like okay there's no more oil in that land. It's dry. Uh, it's, what yeah. about this for Eli? Because and we know he's he's a greedy bastard and, and a mm-hmm. fake. But this was a big. He wasn't. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. I mean, was he? Do you believe a little bit? Was he 100 percent a fraud? What do you guys think? But this oh. seemed to really tear him down. Even though there was no witnesses, I don't think there's a moment he believed in God. Not one fucking moment. I mean, and when he, when he crawls across the table to attack his father in that scene, <laughs> that tells you like this guy has no. There's no principle. There's no morals. There's no religion guiding this guy. The only thing that's guiding this guy is his sociopathic ego. His sociopathic ego to achieve success or the uh, illusion of success at any uh, by any means necessary by begging for money. Like that's okay. what he's done the whole life. He's essentially a bum. He's essentially a bum. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or you know, begging for. I don't mean bum as a homeless person. I mean a bum as a person. He's begging for money, 
to achieve whatever he wants to achieve in life uh, and doesn't want to work for it. And so when he comes to Daniel, I mean, imagine what it would occur to him mentally to go like, you know who I should go see? Daniel Plainview. Like, why would that ever occur to you unless you've got you've exhausted every possible option to get money from anybody else uh, that you have to go on your hands and knees? And once again, this is him crawling to, to Daniel. So they've, you know, this is Daniel's victory. He wins two to one, in my opinion. He wins two yeah. to one here. Uh, and then, of course, he, to add insult to injury, mentions his brother, who was just fine, apparently. <laughs> First we heard of it, making, what, five grand a month with his two uh, uh, wells. And so we, the insult to injury uh, on top of it throughout this scene is just, it's glorious if you've ever wanted to have revenge on somebody. It's a glorious revenge. It really is. So, yes, exactly. That that was my question. And so this is literally just a this is just Eli being humiliated in front of in front of Daniel. It had nothing to yeah. do with any of his prior beliefs. Agree 100 percent. And then, yeah. So and this is a question. Daniel tells Eli that I gave Paul 10,000 <laughs> and he's making 5,000. Like we never saw this. This happened off screen. Yeah, off screen. Right. Yeah. Cause we never, this is news to everybody here. Yeah. <laughs> You're the afterbirth. <laughs> Swiveled, you sli- you sli- you so swiveled out of yeah. mother's filth or something. Do we do we believe Daniel? Do we, th- did he actually give him ten thousand? I don't know. We're, all, no. we're all, he's the only one who's reporting back about it, so right. we kind of only have to believe him. I'll I'll turn around and ask you guys a question. Did it shock you the first time you watched it that he killed Eli? Because in your mind, yes, he killed his fake brother, but that's something else, right? Uh, and he even felt it seemed like he felt bad about it, even as he was doing it. I was heartbroken about it. But with this situation, like it was almost surprising when he hits him and he knocks him out because he just waits for a second and then, ooh, absolutely participates. He decides. He decides. Right. That's murder. As soon as it's it, that's murder. Uh, and so he's looking and does it. And then he says, I'm done. And so you're just like, <laughs> well, is he a protagonist? And that's when in that moment, you're just like, well, I don't think Eli deserved that death. He's a sniveling no. little shit, but he didn't deserve that. And so you're right. just like, whoa, wow. Such a strong statement. Did it leave you changed about him as a person after he did that? It was a little, I didn't expect it. I really mm. didn't. I didn't think he would, he would just cold blooded murder him in cold blood it, yeah. it was it did change and i'm thinking like oh, i'm done like what like i'm done with my life or is it, i'm done with my meal come collect it and take it away right. what is he saying there i'm done I, I don't know this is this is really this is dark <laughs> it's very dark man what do you think buddy i mean, what do, I mean it's yes, shocking yes i was him? i was shocked when he did it the first time i saw it yeah. um and i i actually i'm still wondering why he did it (laughs) in the in the first place like uh, you know it's it it still doesn't make sense i think it's just all the uh you know you kind of see the facial expressions from him during the whole movie just like kind of just like i hate this guy like you know when he comes to visit him about saying can i give the blessing he's like okay you can give the blessing what time you know and then eli says like uh, what time would you like? And then, or what time will it be? And uh, yeah. Daniel's like, well, what time would you like it? He said, four o'clock. He said, all right, four o'clock it is. Like, he's just trying to get rid of him, you know, get rid yeah. of him the whole movie. Maybe to bring it really simple is Daniel Plainview is the devil on my shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's uh, actually, we have a, a, a tweet here. I think it's actually a response to uh, uh, one of your tweets, John. Um, oh. Uh, 
Well, I will say while you while you find it, I will say my theory is that I think he killed him because Eli is once I said as I said at the beginning of the, of the when we we're talking, Eli is his Eli is a weakness. He reflects a weakness to Daniel that Daniel has that weakness uh, to be megalomaniacal like that, and Eli res, is a representative of that. So just like he sent away HW twice, yeah. by the way, twice on the yeah. train, and then when he sends away this bastard in a box, right. he's yeah. sending away twice. He is killing Eli as well because Eli reflects his own weakness back at him. And so he can't handle that, so he must kill it. So when he says, I'm done, it could mean any number of things. It could be, like you said, it could be done with the food or it could be done <laughs> like this was his final competition, yeah, his yeah. final thing he needed to win, his final contest. So maybe he's done. He'll probably die of a heart attack that night or he's done like, that's it. Uh, I, I, I'm never moving from this spot again. I quit life. So well, any number of things. And it's funny because no one else really sticks in his car. Nope. like this like stupid, stupid kid right well, and that's interesting too because i mean the 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 two people that he kind of felt attached to weren't actually his family uh henry right. you know wasn't actually his brother which he found out and mm-hmm. hw wasn't actually his son right uh, but Did you uh, get that tweet, Ben? Yeah, I got the tweet. Uh, again, they were responding to your tweet about because uh, you had said how Eli Sunday is disgusting. Um, yeah. Chris Hanratty uh, said, I love how there is no protagonist in the movie. Pretty much everyone is awful with the exception <laughs> of the children, uh, yeah. which is very accurate. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Felipe at Felipe Hunt 21 said, Eli is the typical religious spokesperson who is a contradiction of everything he preaches reminds me of uh, way too many evangelicals these days. Okay, so um, that was the context of my question yeah, earlier. Yeah. I mean, my, my, my takeaway from watching this movie is, is uh, I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis is amazing, but um, yeah. if, if there is a lesson to be learned is don't reject forgiveness, don't reject anyone who's 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 offering something any kind of redemption to you yeah um that's that's my takeaway here even though i love watching the man reject it because <laughs> of this <laughs> um uh yeah that's that's kind of my uh that's my main my main thought. I love this movie so much. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And re- real quick, I want to read an email from uh, Soul Abel uh, Abel. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Abel Yero. Uh, he's from Argentina, so I really oh, nice. wanted to read this tweet. He said, hi, guys. I heard you're doing an episode on There Will Be Blood episode. I was always intrigued by Daniel's phrase, I drink your milkshake, which we haven't even, <laughs> we haven't even brought up yet uh, at the yeah. end. I recently did some digging and uh, found that Anderson took that quote from an actual speech by a secretary of interior during an oh, oil wow. scandal. I thought you might find that interesting. Thank you, and lots of love from Argentina, Seoul. Thank oh, you, great Sol. job there. Appreciate also that. borrowed from brother from another mother. If you remember <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I'm your brother from another mother. Yeah, that was weird. When you said, it's almost anachronistic. You're like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> I know. Who said so. that? Yeah. He almost wanted his hat to be turned sideways. Um, <laughs> but he said, like, yeah, that's right. It's from the Teapot Dome scandal. They uh, Anderson was reading through the whole uh, 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 transcripts of it all. And, he's, and when he saw Milkshake, he was upset. That a senator, I think it was, or a, a oil man would try to uh, use the word milkshake or try to compare it to like a milkshake. He thought it was offensive. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to put that in the movie. And uh, he said he smiles every time yeah. he watches it and hears it in the movie. <laughs> so it's uh, good stuff. So, hey, yeah. we have fans in Argentina. 
I'm, yeah. I'm happy for that. <laughs> um, ben, you were mentioning uh, 2007 movies. Did you want to hit that before we? Uh, well, yeah, let's wrap uh, this uh, real quick. I, uh, John, you said this was your best best picture of 2007 in a tweet. Yes. Uh, obviously, No Country for Old Men won the Oscar for it. So yeah, this was, was a hell of a year. Oh yeah. I mean, I could just. I mean, I'm thinking. You know, there's the movie Once. There's. I mean, you can go to Into the Wild. I mean, these are just like low key mm-hmm. movies, and we we know all the other ones. We've got. I don't know. I'm here on IMDb. 300 came out in 2007. Even the yeah. first Transformers wasn't all that bad. I mean, this, <laughs> well, isn't, no this best was picture, an amazing but... year for film. Yeah. I mean, Zodiac is this year, 2007. Yes. A- assassination of the Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford haven't is seen 2007, which is an incredible film. I need to put uh, that It's on my list. I haven't gotten to it yet. Please. Gone Baby Gone is also 2007. Yes. The, the 310 to Yuma remake is 2007. Love that movie. Uh, there's so much <laughs> here to enjoy uh, in 2007 for sure. There's a lot of great movies. Do, do you like uh, No Country for Old Men, John? I do. I do. I think I think that movie has grown on me as I've gotten older because as a man getting older there's I mean and it's been 13 years since that movie came out which is kind of mind blowing just like there will be blood but like you 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 I start to connect more with Sheriff Tom as I get older like what yeah. he's talking about <laughs> what he's experiencing and what he that uh, that's that conversation he has with his wife at the end you know about his dreams like that's just that's so fucking powerful or the conversation he has with his uncle there in the uh, in the uh, in his in his uh, house, you know, right? He's, yeah, say ain't nobody waiting on you, man. Ain't nobody, ain't, ain't, ain't nobody owe you a damn thing. And you're just like, right. man, whoa. You're just like, it's mind blowing. And then when he says, like, I, what good did I really do? Crime still happens. People still gonna do this shit. I was just yeah. doing a job for as long as I did, and then someone else is gonna take my job, and I'll have no legacy to leave. You know, so it's it's really powerful to, to watch that movie now. Definitely, and uh, I think my most rewatchable film of 2007 though is. Uh, Super bad. Uh, that's uh, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a comedy that I I fall asleep to many nights. Yeah. So <laughs> um, great movie, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> but uh, but John, it's been a pleasure having you. Real quick though, we do yep. a rating system on uh, uh, our movies. Uh, it's okay. In regards to stars and buckets of popcorn, stars being the quality of the film and buckets of popcorn being the entertainment value so like oh. avengers infinity war would be like a five popcorn yeah we're one uh, out of five no halvesies no oh yeah one out of five no <laughs> halvesies uh so one out, one, one out of five stars what would you give there will be blood on a quality value and one out of the five. five okay five stars not even a question okay it's a classic to me this belongs on tcm it's that good of a damn movie it yeah. belongs on tcm already and yeah. then buckets of popcorn entertainment value <sighs> Uh, one to five, right? Yeah, yeah, one to five. I would have to say probably four, not yeah. quite five. Although it is entertaining, it is slow. And so for some right. people, I don't think it'll be as entertaining <laughs> as you like. But if you're a cinephile, yeah. I think I think it'll be as entertaining as a film like this can be or can get. And so yeah, that's, I say four out of five uh, buckets of popcorn. That's one thing. Yeah, I never thought of is do it to a scale on a cinephile level. Yeah, because mm. yeah, buckets of popcorn could definitely be different for cinephiles. <laughs> um, Dave, what would you give it? Uh, uh, in terms of stars, I'm going to be right with the great John Roca on five stars. However, I am not a cinephile. I get bored easily. My attention span has been waning as I, as I move through anything more than an hour and a half. I start getting bored and fiddling with my phone. It's really difficult, John. Um, so I'm going to have to stand. 
And despite what you guys said, I'm still not sold that that pocket between the the middle, like 14 and a half minutes to when HW hits that crash, that that I, I know what was going on in building it, but I, I thought it mm. really, really did struggle. So in terms of popcorn, I'll just give it three. So five stars, three buckets of popcorn. Ben, right. what do you got, buddy? Uh, I got uh, I got five stars as well. Obviously, I mean this is a masterpiece uh, technically, uh, acting wise, and just everything. Uh, buckets of popcorn. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm more. Uh, <laughs> uh, ben does the thirds. average for an average moviegoer. I, I would say two and a half buckets of popcorn. I Most regular people don't like this movie, right? Yeah, I mean, if yeah. you're going to be like, check this thing out. They're like, what the fuck is? Why would I want to watch this? Right. That's why I make it relative to how I view the movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I mean, a, 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 on a cinephile scale, yeah, I could yeah. see it being a four or <laughs> or a three. What about a just on a regular Joe scale? What's no, that? I think regular Joe's two. <laughs> yeah. If that. If that. If that. I'm sure regular Joe is turning out at one at one hour. What the hell? There's another hour and forty minutes of this. I can't do it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, John. It's uh, I'm glad to finally have you on. You're welcome back anytime. Would love to talk movies with you again. Uh, we will you... uh, corner this this raccoon uh, within, <laughs> <laughs> within the next couple of months. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had a blast. Thank you guys for having me. I'm glad we finally made this work after multiple attempts to try to schedule something. So, you know, I think this was the perfect movie to do it at uh, with yeah. rather. And uh, I had a blast with you guys. Yeah, I would love to come back. Please, I would love to. Certainly. I wish you all the best, John. Thank you. Thank you. All right, folks. Well, that is it for us. Uh, you can follow us on iTunes. Uh, review us, rate us, everything like that. I am at BCCord. At BlockbusterCast is our Twitter. Where can they find you, Dave? You can find me at Dave underscore Quist. And, John, where can they find you in oh, your yeah. 1,000 shows? I didn't want to <laughs> seem to be rude and put my stuff in it, but thank you for asking me. You can follow Please. me. You can follow me at the Roca says. R-O-C-H-A on Twitter and on Instagram. That's my homage to The Rock, who's one of my favorite wrestlers. The Roca says that The Rock says. And of course, nice. you can uh, please come and patronize the uh, YouTube channel. Come and uh, subscribe. Uh, that's YouTube.com slash John Roca says. Uh, please go and subscribe. See all the content. We talk in movies, entertainment, professional wrestling, sports, uh, the Geek Buddies. It's all on there having a good time. And if you want to donate to the Patreon, that's Patreon.com slash John Roca and see the, all the multiple tiers. I'm about to jump off here and go spend about an hour with my patrons on camera on blue jeans and uh, have a fun conversation with them about what's going on in their worlds. Yeah. Sounds, Sounds great, John. Sounds Thank you great. so much. Thank All you guys. Right, folks. Well, that is it for us for Dave and John. I'm Ben. And as always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the movies. <laughs>